Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Have a great day. My name's Ian. I'm an alcoholic. Um, so, I don't know what's going on, really. Uh, you guys, I've tricked all of you. Um, can someone grab the meeting pamphlet rack? So the, the 12 traditions, um, like when we look at the, the circle and the triangle that I know some people have in the front of their books, I have it in the front of mine, my big book. Um, you know, we talk about service, we talk about unity, and we talk about recovery. And, uh, and uh, you know, the unity part is, is the part of Alcoholics Anonymous that is really, I believe it, it gets to be one of the most important parts. Um, and the unity is really about the fellowship, uh, which is the 12 traditions and meetings and stuff like that. Um, service, obviously, is the 12 steps. And uh, that's good. Uh, the service is the 12 steps, and then the spirit, or the mind is the 12 steps, and then the service is carrying this message to all levels of life. And, um, you know, when we look at the, the 12 steps, we basically have the first step is our problem, uh, the second step is the solution, and step 3 to 12 is how we apply that solution. And when we apply that, we can apply that same thing to the 12 traditions, and the, the first tradition is our problem, uh, the second tradition is our solution to the problem, and traditions 3 to 12 is how we apply uh, the solution. Um, some of the history about the traditions is really fantastic, and I guess, um, you know, before I get into that, uh, I was thinking this afternoon, I talked to my sponsor, and he said, oh, you'll be fine, and and I was going to, like, make myself a whole bunch of notes and, like, have page numbers on, like, where I was going to go from this page to that page, and... Um, and I allowed myself two sticky notes of notes. Uh, I figured that would be a lot easier. And, and, and the idea of uh, hoping that God is just going to work through me and uh, I can communicate whatever I need to communicate. But, you know, some things that I really want to kind of get out there is like these are my, uh, my interpretation of, of the 12 traditions. Uh, I would highly encourage you to uh, question every single thing I'm about to say. Um, and find you and have your own experience. You know the the thing with the traditions is we're looking for the spirit of the message in my belief. We're not looking for for word for word black and white. You know, same with the big book. Is like yeah, the big book's great. It's a I believe the best way to communicate these principles. But at the same time, like it's not the end all. Um, and if we try to take the traditions as well as the big book as the end all, we're going to miss the whole message. We're going to miss the music. If we don't hear the music, like my grand sponsor says, we're not going to be able to dance. Um, and the gift is really in the dance. You know, so, um, you know, look into this stuff, question what the things I have to say. Um, you know, and this, this is not as Ian sees it, you know, and, and I'd really like to encourage people, um, to look at to look at this stuff, you know, and I'm gonna I've got some there's some handouts on that back table. Um, you guys might want to pass those around. Some writings by Bill, and then another is a traditions checklist uh, that's been put out by uh, the AA Grapevine, and um, and I think with like you know for leading into that is like looking at the traditions and the history of the traditions and 
You know, everything in AA has been controversial uh, since day one. Well, since the second meeting started. You know, they had this thing going on in Akron, Ohio, and uh, then this group started in New York. And everyone in Akron was like, you guys in New York can't be doing what you're doing that way. That's wrong. You need to be doing it like this over here. And the guys in New York are saying, no, 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 no. You guys really don't know what you're talking about because we're with Bill. And, yeah, Dr. Bob was the second guy to get sober. So, really, Bill knows what's going on and we're doing it right. And then, all of a sudden, this other group in Cleveland formed. And then both those two groups were like, wait a second. You guys up in Cleveland, you really don't know what you're talking about. And that's kind of like when we look at that in 19, you know, 39, and we start to look at like what's happened, uh, even in our local AA, it's like, you know, there's certain groups that say like that group's doing it wrong, and that group's not doing it right, and they don't know what they're talking about, and, uh, really that's not true. Um, and we'll get into that as we get into the traditions, but, um, you know, one of the things that's going, going around is, uh, these articles that Bill, Put in the grapevine, I believe, from 1947 to 1948, and it was this. These articles were before um, the 12 and 12 was printed, and it was before a comes of age was printed, and it was when Bill was trying to like sell the traditions. And I think what a lot of people uh, don't understand is like that everyone when Bill wrote the traditions, everyone wasn't just like, oh yeah, these like new guidelines and rules, let's follow these and and behave. Everyone was like, Bill, you're crazy. We want nothing to do with that keep that stuff out of here. In fact, groups were inviting Bill to come and speak at their meeting, but they were saying, like, Bill, if you're going to talk about the traditions, we'd rather you not come. Um, we think you're great and all, but that tradition stuff is for the birds, and we're happy with the way we're doing it, so we don't want to do it that way. And the fact that we have, I mean, I don't know, 25, 30 people in this room is way more, 35, is way more than I expected. Um, I think this is a good turnout. We'll see how many people come back next week. Uh, it'll be like 10 people next week. Um, you know, and, and, and this idea of like that the traditions uh, have always been this kind of controversial thing, and, and today I think still are. You know, someone said it in the meeting earlier tonight, like alcoholics, and we don't like to be told what to do. Um, we don't like to be told that we have to live a certain way. And uh, there's a line somewhere in the literature that says uh, something along the lines at first we did this because we had to but then we found a way of life that was like infinitely like better or something like that you know like we started to live it because we wanted to and that's been my experience with the 12 traditions um, you know my experience is uh, some of you who've been around a little longer than others know is you know three three and a half four years ago I was really pretty militant and I was completely insane and uh running around and, and trying to prove that I had these ideas of, like, how AA should and should not be. Um, but really, like, those were just my beliefs. And it got to the point where, uh, I don't know, in my mind, it got to the point where, you know, I would walk into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous and people would see me and they would roll their eyes. Uh, people didn't want to talk to me. No one wanted to... Um, really have anything to do with me. And if I raised my hand to share, you know, it's like when there's that like really crazy person at the meeting and you're like looking at them and you're like, don't share. And you can see they're like getting ready to share. It's like they're like winding up to raise their hand and, and you're thinking, oh, no, please don't share. And then you like, they get their hand up but the chairperson doesn't call them and you're like, that was close. But then, you know, the person stops sharing and they raise their hand again and you're like, oh, no, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then they share and you're like, oh, my God, they're sharing. When are they going to stop? Like that was what, what I was doing. Um, but I wasn't talking about my bad day. I was trying to carry a message of recovery, 
But I was going about it in a completely different way. I was going about it with my own personal desires and ambitions behind it. And I wasn't, I, I didn't know anything about the traditions. Um, and I believe that if I, if I did, I believe, I believe that if I did know something about the traditions, maybe that wouldn't happen. And when I was doing that, what happened is I hurt a lot more people than I could have ever helped. Um, and there's still, you know, I still have a reputation in Burlington, and it's and it's based on that. Uh, it's based on my own uh, choices and things that I made, you know, bad, piss poor decisions, really. And um, you know, so when we look at the the traditions, um, like I was saying, these were coming out uh, these uh, PDF or PDF format. The Grapevine articles came out in like forty, late forty seven and forty eight. And Bill Wilson was trying to sell these, so he started to write this book. Uh, and in the book, uh, which is now our 12 and 12, he was writing these 12 traditions. And and he knew, like, he was getting so much resistance from the fellowship, he knew that, like, no one was going to buy it. So he started to write these other 12 essays uh, on the 12 steps. And in the forward, um, the forward to the 12 and 12, it says that this the book... Alcoholics Anonymous became the basic text of the fellowship and still is. This present volume proposes to broaden and deepen the understanding of the 12 steps as first written in the earlier work. And I think a lot of people missed that. And, and what happened when the 12 and 12 was printed, people forgot about the traditions in it and they went right to the steps because they'll put the steps first. He knew that no one was going to buy a book on the 12 traditions. So Bill being a salesman... Um, suckered everyone by putting the 12 steps into the into the book and the 12 traditions were put out. The 12 and 12 was, uh, I believe, printed in 1951? 52. Uh, Dr. Bob died right before that in 1951, I believe. And um, I know it was like a big controversial thing and Dr. Bob was really telling Bill to just keep it simple. And that's like where that idea of keeping it simple came from. You know, Dr. Bob didn't want Bill to louse this thing up. And what I've been told and heard is that um, if it was up to Dr. Bob, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous would have never left Akron, Ohio. Uh, it would have been so anonymous that they would have stayed there and they wouldn't have left. If it was up to Bill Wilson, we would have AA hospitals, we would have pay, paid AA speakers, we would have AA institutions. Bill was talking about having like f- different Ford hospitals, like Alcoholics Anonymous, and you come in and you detox, then you go to the next level, then you go to the next level, and like all these like AA paid missionaries. And between the two of them, um, they kind of balanced of what we got today. And in in uh, in Bill's last message, he talks about how, like, the ever need to, like, continue to change and continue to grow, and how Alcoholics Anonymous is going to continue to manifest. My belief is that uh, if we're not careful, it's going to grow and change too much where we're not going to be able to help anyone, uh, and we're going to get too worried about um, being nice and being kind, uh, where we're not going to be able to say, like, wait a second, that's not what we do in AA, this is what we do in AA. And a lot of um, my understanding with the traditions has come from screwing up. And uh, I think I was talking to Dan about it today, how with the 12 steps, you don't need to know anything. If you apply those principles to your heart, you're going to have an experience. With the 12 traditions, 
after you get the information, you can see where you've screwed everything up and then start to understand the tradition a little more. Um, so basically, like me doing this is like a giant uh, fist step and basically telling you how screwed up I really am. <laughs> so I'm going to get some freedom in that, I guess. Um, plenty of time. So the first tradition... Uh, and also, the, there's the long form of the traditions, and there's the short term. And for those of you who have a, a big book in front of you, the long form of the traditions is in the back. I think it's uh, maybe like right after Appendix 2 somewhere, um, 563. And um, for those of you who have a 12 and 12, the long form of the traditions is in the front. It's also at the top of the tradition. And a lot was, uh, when we have like the short form, which is what we see on the window shades, which our group, I guess, is getting, um, <laughs> that we haven't gotten yet, it, the, there's a lot missed in the short term. And um, like it's kind of like the steps. Like You can't understand the step. And you know you hear people all the time, oh, well, I looked at the steps on the window shade, and I figured I did those, so that's what I did. But like that's not working the steps. Just as like the traditions on the... Uh, window shade isn't necessarily the tradition. Uh, so we're going to look at the long form. We're going to talk about some stuff. I'm going to probably use mostly the 12 and 12 and the grapevine. There's also stuff in uh, A Comes of Age, which I might touch on. I really don't know what I'm going to do, uh, so we'll wing it. Um, there's some great pamphlets, and I think this group has a good amount um, that I want to get out there first. Like my idea kind of behind this traditions workshop is to give you some experience, point out where the information is, and let you go figure it out on your own. Um, it's all out there for us to find. You know, it's just for me it was really a lot easier when someone like pointed me in a direction. The pamphlet, the AA and A the AA group is a good one. Um, the traditions and how they developed is a really good one. Um, a tradition. There's the traditions illustrated, which is like the idiot's guide to the traditions. Um, a lot of people like that one. That's that's my sponsor's favorite. Uh, and really, there's some other ones like all that stuff, like problems other than alcohol, has a lot of really good stuff about the traditions and the singleness of purpose in it. And um, like I'm always browsing tradition racks at meetings just to see what kind of literature is out there, because that's another thing that I think is fantastic about AA is like it's already been done. Like, there's nothing we have to figure out. There's no, like, secret mystery. There's no, like, new problem that, like, we need to fix. It's already been done. Uh, we just got to get to that information to figure out how it was done then so we can do it now. So, first tradition. Um, the long form says, Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is but a small part of a great whole. A must continue to live or most of us will surely die. Hence, our common welfare comes first. But individual welfare follows close afterwards. And the idea is that um, that I need you guys to stay sober. And what I didn't realize is that um, on March 7th, 2005, like nobody knocked on my door and was like, uh, Ian, uh, yeah, Ian Cuck, uh, we need you to come get sober. We absolutely need your help in AA. Like, that never happened. Um, I sought out AA, and I sought out the AA group. And if I'm not careful, like, I start to think that, like, AA has sought out me. Um, and that's just not true. You know, like, that's completely delusional. Like, it talks about here, 
I'm a small part of a great whole. And like humility is really the watchword of like all the traditions, you know, and, and subsiding my own personal desires and ambitions for the welfare of the group. The problem is if I subside too much stuff, there's going to be no group, you know, and when we look at, um, my personal belief is that some of the traditions are out of order. I think tradition five should be first. Um, but when it, we get into tradition five and carrying the AA message, if our group is so like whimsical and lackadaisy and whatever, and like we don't really care about anything, and we'll let anyone who who wants to speak at the podium, and you can share about whatever is going on in your life, like people aren't going to get sober, you know, and people aren't going to hear the AA message, and they're not going to hear that we have some steps. So there's that balance. Like when when uh, I get real heated, for those of you who aren't group members, I get real heated at the group conscience. Um, because like the welfare of the group has to come first. And if our group doesn't stay whole and, and do what we continue to do, um, the group is going to fall apart. Like, I don't know. We had 86 people for a big book discussion meeting tonight where it was really a discussion meeting the whole time and never once did it go off topic. Uh, only meeting in Burlington that does that, uh, in my experience. Only meeting. You know, and, and I really believe it's because the group is very clear on what their message is, and the group is very clear on what we're trying to do. And when we uh, put, like, our own personal judgments and desires aside of, like, how I think it might be better, um, you know, the group gets bigger. And those of you who have been around here for a little while have watched the group get bigger and it become more attractive and more people come uh, because we're trying to stay close to what, uh, I believe in my heart that AA was originally trying to do. Um, so like this idea of like I need the group to stay sober, you know, when we look back at that circle and the triangle, um, I can't practice the steps by myself at home. Um, I can say I can, but like that whole 12 step about carrying the message and being a part of a group and trying to help others. Like if I'm sitting in my bedroom, like I can do prayer and meditation all day long. But Bill was pretty clear. He talks about how we, uh, to grow spiritually is by self-sacrifice for others. You know, so when I'm sitting in my bedroom, uh, praying and praying and meditating, like where's the self-sacrifice for others in that? You know, and it, that's where it needs to be the combination. Um, on page 130, in the 12 and 12. Um, oh, and here's that line I was talking about. It says, Those who look closely soon have the key to the strange paradox. The AA member has to conform to the principles of recovery. His life actually depends upon the obedience to spiritual principles. If he deviates too far, the penalty is sure and swift. He sickens and dies. At first he goes along because he must, but later he discovers a way of life he really wants to live. Moreover, he finds he cannot keep this priceless gift unless he gives it away. Neither he nor anybody else can survive unless he carries the AA message. You know, and that was my experience, is I was in a position of, like, such militants that uh, I wasn't able to carry the AA message. I was, I think I was sponsoring four guys, and we were running around like a little paddy wagon uh, trying to take over Burlington, and everyone wanted nothing to do with us. You know, so, like, yeah, we were, like, we had the information, and we had the solution, and you guys didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, that's all well and good, but... Like, we weren't helping anyone. You know, we were turning more people off than anything else. And it says, we like, my life actually depends upon the obedience to spiritual principles. We have 36 principles in Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, and the 12 concepts. 
when I start to deviate, right? And what I was doing by deviating is my ideas of like how to work the steps and what you should be doing were dominating. You know, the idea of like our common welfare comes first wasn't like in the forefront of my mind. In fact, I didn't care about any of you. I just wanted you to see my point of view. And half the time when I was sharing, I would have my big book in my hand. And like, if you would say something about like whatever, I would like find in the big book where it would say you were wrong and I would use it as a weapon. You know, and like, man, some people remember that and, uh, it's just not very attractive. Um, it goes on to say that, uh, it goes on to say here that the moment this 12 step work forms a group, another discovery is made that most individuals cannot recover unless there is a group. And that's like what I was saying about, you know, I didn't, uh, A didn't seek me out. I sought out AA. You know, and most of the newcomers who come in the door seek out AA. I believe in the, there's a pamphlet. It's the AA membership survey. And, and uh, I want to say it's something like broken out in thirds. And one third of the people come in uh, because of treatment centers. Another third come in because of word of mouth, like they know somebody. And another third comes in because of like pamphlets and literature and, and whatever else it may be. You know, AA doesn't seek anyone out. You know, a couple times a year on the holidays, we put some uh, um, uh, advertisements on the TV, you know, and, and they're all in complete guidelines with the traditions. They're all about 30 seconds. It's usually around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, most people in the fellowship haven't even seen them. That's how, like, rare it is. You know, they're not posting billboards or anything. Um, but that idea is basically to let people know we're available to help if they want it. But we don't seek anyone out um, in terms of like knocking people's doors down. It says, Our realization dawns that he is but a small part of a great whole. That no, this is important, that no personal sacrifice, no personal sacrifice is too great for the preservation of the fellowship. He learns that the clamor of desires and ambitions within him must be silenced. Whenever these could damage the group, it becomes plain that the group must survive or the individual will not. You know, and, um, man, that was like such a lonely place for me. Um, and it was on my, uh, three year anniversary that I was like, I mean, I was armed with the facts of the solution and, uh, I was so lonely, you know, three years sober, uh, Quoting the big book, I can cross-reference it. I've got pages and pages memorized, and uh, so lonely, you know. And uh, I don't really un- remember the circumstances, but basically, like I made this conscious agreement with God that I wasn't going to share in any meetings for a year. And um, from year three to four, I only shared in meetings if I was called on or asked to speak. And what happened was, um, I learned how to get effective with the twelve step. You know, because I started to listen to people and I, I realized that my personal desires and ambitions had to be silenced. Like I can't just go into any old AA meeting and try to change the format. I can share my experience, but I wasn't able to share my experience. All I was able to do was tell you what to do and how to do it. And, um, you know, in the beginning of, at that three year mark, I was sponsoring, I think four guys. And at the end of it, I was sponsoring somewhere around 15 guys, you know, and, and what happened was like, I was able to get quiet. You know, and I was able to let God work through me and I was able to really get effective and like share my experience with people and share my experience with people, not tell them what uh, to do or how to do it. And, um, 
you know, and then it was like right after that when we started to form this group and, um, and when we, when we sat down in my living room to form Burlington Young People, me and Andrew and these other two girls who aren't around and, you know, I, I think our main thing was we talked about like how can we carry the message of a big book, uh, without doing it in a militant style, you know, and how can we make it attractive to people? You know, we wanted to, I remember like we wanted to subtly hit them in the head with the big book. We didn't want it to be this like big ordeal and I believe that's really like, what we were doing when I was chairing the meeting tonight, uh, I was looking out and like, I mean, out of 85 people in the room or 86 or whatever it was, you know, uh, three quarters of those people are absolutely doing the deal. Um, and the other ones are interested because obviously like we're doing something that's attractive, you know, and I think that's really a testament of like when we stay to the basics and we stay to the principles, like what happens? Because like numerous people at the meeting tonight shared, you know, when I first came to this meeting, you know, like a lot of that. But then I first came to this meeting and I saw something different and, and something was going on. You know, and like that's this idea of like our welfare, the welfare of the group stays first because if we didn't have a healthy group, the meeting wouldn't be growing. You know, and you hear people all the time say, so-and-so meeting needs support. No, it doesn't need support. If, if they're not making it, you know, it needs to go away so another group can come in on that time in that building and start a new meeting. Um, this idea that we need to have a meeting at every single time of the day and we need to struggle to keep meetings alive, uh, in my opinion, is absolutely not okay in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, I know a lot of people feel differently, but uh, if there's a meeting at 8 o'clock at night on Thursday and no one's showing up except a few people and they're not paying their rent and they're not uh, doing anything that's attractive, I mean, why can't that group go away and a new group come in and form something different and at least give them a try? It's like the idea of a plant. You know, if I have a plant at my house uh, and the thing dies, chances are I'm not going to keep watering a dead plant and leave it at the windowsill. I'm going to toss the plant, you know, I'm going to throw it out and maybe, maybe, maybe not, but I might go get a new plant and then continue to water that one and feed that one until that one lives. You know, it's... uh I'm not going to keep a dead plant in the pot and continue to water it and say to myself, oh, one day that was such a beautiful plant. That was the oldest plant around for such a long time, you know? No, I'm going to toss the plant. I'm going to get a new one. And uh, and I know that there's a lot of groups that uh, in Burlington, unfortunately, that are struggling uh, to pay rent. Um, I know there's, there's one group that uh, all of their, not all of, 90% of their rent is supported from... Uh, outside contributions, um, you know, and the group wonders why that they're, why they're struggling. You know, it's the same idea with the steps. If, if we don't apply the steps, we're going to, we're going to suffer spiritually. If we, if we are willing to pay the consequences, we're going to suffer. Um, but if we can't, uh, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, if we can't, um, apply the principles to the group, the group isn't going to stay well. Uh, in the same sense. Uh, it goes on to say that, so the outset, so at the outset, how best to live and work together as groups became the prime question. You know, and when we, uh, when we come in and we get newcomers here at our group conscience, you know, they have good ideas on how they want to change it. You know, and, um, and that's fine, you know, and if other groups want to do it a certain way, that's fine too. Um, but they need to be allowed to do what they want to do. You know, and we need to allow, be allowed to do what we, we're gonna do. And that'll get a little more into the second tradition. Um, 
Binei comes of age, it talks about, it says, but like other societies, we soon found, soon found that there were forces among us that could threaten us in a way that alcohol and sex could not. These were the desires for power, for domination, for glory, and for money. They were all more dangerous because they invariably powered by self-righteousness, self-justification, and the destructive power of anger usually masquerading as righteous indignation. Pride and fear and anger, these are the prime enemies of our common welfare. True brotherhood, harmony, and love, fortified by clear insights and right practices, are the only answers. And the purpose of A's traditional principles is to bring these forces to the top and keep them there. Only then can our common welfare be served. Only then can A's become uh, permanent. You know, and when we look at the tenth step about love and tolerance of others as our code, uh, it talks about in the tenth step, you know, that we've ceased fighting anything or anyone. And when I was running around trying to change A to my liking and trying to uh, force people to do it a certain way, like I clearly had not stopped fighting anything or anyone. I was fighting every everything and everyone. Um, and there was no like spirit of unity. There was no spirit of love. There was no spirit of tolerance. And it's like, you know, uh, an old friend used to say to me, he says, Ian, we catch more flies with sugar than we do with vinegar. You know, and sugar is sweet, just like love. You know, and I really believe that, like, love is God. Um, and when I can keep that in the forefront of my mind, it doesn't matter what you're doing, and it doesn't matter what your group's doing. Um, all that matters is, like, how can I be helpful if you want some help? Um, So back over to the uh, the pamphlet. It says, We gladly set aside personal ambitions whenever these might harm AA. Uh, we humbly confess that we are a small part of a great whole. You know, and um, to set aside my personal ambitions and desires is extremely difficult at times. Um, you know, and I've talked to my sponsor about it, and I'm pretty clear that, like, some of the experiences that I've, that I've had over the past year, uh, if they happened when I wanted them to happen, I would have got drunk. Um, because I just wasn't in a position where I was capable to do that. Um, I wasn't in a position, uh, my ego wouldn't have been able to handle it. You know, and, and I, um, I suffer absolutely dearly uh, when it comes to my ego sometimes. And um, the consequences for that, uh, are never, ever healthy. Um, you know, when I start to think that, like, I've done something or, um, that, like, I'm important, you know, and that's the, that's this idea of being a small part of a great whole. Um, I've been slowly trying to give up more and more commitment at the group, you know, and give it to other people because, like, the group is going to run without me. And if it gets screwed up and it gets screwed up and we can't be here anymore, then we can't be here anymore, you know, and there's nothing I can do to change that. Um, the jobs will absolutely get done when uh, when it's time, you know. And if there's people who are invested, like all that, all that'll work itself out. Um, the the second tradition uh, starts to bring us into our solution, and this is the uh, this is the only tradition that the. Um, the long form is shorter. No, the short form is longer than the long form. Yeah, 
And the long form uh, says that for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. You hear people in AA say all the time that there's no leaders in Alcoholics Anonymous. That's not my experience, and that's not true uh, to my belief. Um, what it says is our leaders are trusted servants. Uh, they don't govern. And that's, and that's a, a different idea. Um, the solution to the problem is about maintaining a God awareness. And we do that uh, through the group conscience. Assuming it's an informed group conscience. So, um, Burlington Young People, we do, uh, we have two meetings, Sundays and Tuesdays at 6.30, um, and we do our group conscience, the main group conscience is 5.15 before the Sunday meeting. What was happening is that we would say, if anyone wants to be a member, come to the group conscience after the meeting. So we were having these group conscience meetings with like 30 people, um, everyone with brilliant ideas of how to change the meeting and how to make it better. In fact, we do, uh, I was talking to uh, Andrew today, we do cakes, uh, and the person who came to the group conscience and said, we need to have cakes for anniversaries, um, it's the only group conscience they've ever been at. Uh, this was when a year ago when we were at the old location. Uh, they came to the group conscience that night. They wanted cakes. So the group voted for cakes. We got cakes now, and they've never been back since. Uh, so was that an informed group conscience? In my opinion, no. Um, I remember people looking at me, and I just stayed out of it because it has nothing to do with our primary purpose. Whether we have a cake or not has nothing to do with whether we're carrying the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I'm a... Um, I really think that the trinkets in AA don't show that sobriety works. Um, because there's people who I sponsor who've been through the 12 steps with two months of sobriety who have more of what I want than people who've got 20-year uh, trinkets um, in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, when I want to see if sobriety is working, I want to see somebody who's got lights on in their eyes. You know, so like our group, our message is God dependence through service to others uh, using the big book for guidance and inspiration. So really anything we do in the group conscience needs to be based off that. Everything. If anything uh, comes up, we can run it by that one thing. Is this going to distract us from our primary purpose or is this going to enhance our primary purpose? Um, when we... <laughs> When we talk about having an informed group, uh, we're hoping that everyone's on the same page, you know, and that it's not, because uh, really, I mean, think about it, uh, my sponsor said this to me today, you can go out and get any old group of drunks, we go down to Act 1 to the detox and get any old group of drunks and have a group conscience. Does that mean that they have a clue of what we're trying to do? Uh, does that mean they have any idea of what the steps are about or, or the traditions or anything else to do with Alcoholics Anonymous? Most of them don't even know what a sponsor is. Uh, so chances are that like, when we bring people into a group conscience uh, and, and have this conversation about what to do and how to do it, it doesn't mean that it's an informed group conscience. It doesn't mean that the Spirit of God is necessarily there. Um, and we're looking to keep a God awareness because like I said, the first... Tradition is our problem, right? If we don't have welfare of the group, we're going to fall apart. We're not going to have personal recovery. Um, so we need to maintain this God awareness in the second tradition. Um, 
my personal belief is that when there's all sorts of people talking during the group conscience, it's clear that they don't care. Uh, and I, I fall victim to it too. When we were talking about getting the window shades, I was yapping with Cindy because I really don't care if we have window shades or not. You know, and um, in essence, that's not appropriate because, like, what happens is the the group, uh, the God awareness starts to fall apart, and it becomes like this person's got awareness on something out here, and this person's got awareness on the cute girl over there, and uh, no one's really paying attention to what we're really talking about. And um, you know, it goes on in this tradition in the twelve and twelve to talk about the elder statesman and the bleeding deacon, and um, I can absolutely be the uh, bleeding deacon uh, at times. And, um, but I think regardless, it talks about how the bleeding deacons become the elder statesmen eventually. Um, and it's really hard, I think, and I think I've said this to Andrew, is that, um, you know, when you have a group conscience, maybe this is a justification, but when you have a group conscience with a whole bunch of people who haven't necessarily worked the steps <coughs> and know nothing about the traditions, it's hard to have an informed group conscience. Uh, it's really hard to um, hope that everyone are on the same page. Because my experience is that people don't go home and sit down and look through the 12 and 12 and read the traditions by themselves. Um, I would say 9.8 people out of 10 don't do that. Um, you know, so there's got to be someone there, uh, in my belief, who's going to stand up for our traditions and stand up for what Alcoholics Anonymous is and what Alcoholics Anonymous is not. When we uh, we read that blue card... When we talked about the blue card, uh, we had a pretty good heated um, discussion. We had a, a chairperson who chaired and spoke and never once talked about alcohol. And um, it was kind of an interesting meeting, to say the least. And uh, so we talk about, you know, having this blue card and asking that, you know, since we're an AA meeting that we keep people or people that keep them, their comments to alcohol. And... Um, you know, it was kind of heated. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, no, you should be able to say anything you want or, you you know, we can talk about whatever. And, you know, and, and in my heart, I just, I didn't believe that. And uh, we, I remember we handed out a couple different uh, AA pamphlets on the literature and we decided we would talk about it the next month in the spirit of being informed and letting people get informed who weren't informed. Um, I think there was like maybe 20-ish people at that group conscience out of the, you know, say everyone got a pamphlet, I think 50% of those people left the pamphlets on the table. They clearly don't care. Uh, that's what that tells me. Uh, we came back to the next meeting, and I think like two or three people read the pamphlets and actually talked to their sponsors about, um, you know, whether it was okay to let people talk about whatever they want or to try to keep comments to alcohol and recovery. And, I mean, we eventually, uh, we voted, and God spoke through the group conscience. You know, I think the ultimate um, selling point for people is, uh, do we want to be an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, um, or do we want to just call ourselves an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting? You know, and I think there's a really big difference. Um, or do we want to be like a cheap group therapy meeting that charges a dollar to let you talk about your problems? Um so it goes on to say here uh, in the 12 and 12 that our leaders, they don't drive by mandate. Uh, they lead by example. And this is the experience which has led us to the conclusion that our group conscience, well advised by its elders, well advised by its elders, will be in the long run the wiser than any single leader. You know, and thank God that Andrew's here because, um, like, Andrew's definitely at times called me up and been like, dude, 
don't you think that was a little much? Or, um, and I'll call him and run things by him, and, um, and he usually is the wiser of the voices. Uh, the more humble one, that's for sure. <laughs> Scary, too. And, you know, but um, I think both of us, like, the cool thing is, like, both of us are really invested in the welfare of the group. You know, and um, at the group conscience, it's really, it's difficult sometimes because um, when we look at the traditions, back to that first tradition, it's, like, all about our personal desires and ambitions. You know, and sometimes, like, you have to say to somebody, when we're talking about the, the group conscience, like, yes, you have a good point, but this is what AA does. Um, that maybe isn't AA, you know, and, and that's where, like, then we take it to the vote and we let the group decide on whether that is what we need to do. I was once told that the exit sign is one of the most important signs in the meeting because what happens in the group conscience needs to stay in the group conscience, and then it needs to be followed out by the group. So... For instance, I don't like the chips. I don't like the trinkets, and I don't think we should we should do it. Um, but that doesn't mean that when I chair the meeting, I don't give out chips or trinkets. Um, and it also doesn't mean that after we have the group conscience on it, did I go home and then round up all the guys I sponsor and say, okay, we can't do this. Come to the group conscience. We're going to change this decision. We're going to vote against it so it doesn't happen. Um, that's not informed. You know what I mean? And and sometimes, like, uh, I've also had to notice that, um, and this it'll never happen again after I say this, but there's times where, like, uh, it doesn't matter what I bring up at the group conscience, like, it gets passed. It'll never happen again now. Uh, but, like, it, there's times where, like, I really had to, like, just stay out of the conversation uh, to let it be informed because it's not as Ian sees it. Uh, and unfortunately, as much as I would like it to be, uh, I'm aware of that fact that, like, it's, it's really the group. And sometimes, like, when I don't shut my mouth, uh, it becomes as Ian sees it. And there's people who vote, uh, just to get people to shut up sometimes. You know, and then there's other people who will agree with somebody and not say, like, I know for a fact there's things that this group has voted on that people did not agree with, but those people weren't willing to raise their hand. Now, I can't get them to raise their hand. But what happens is it's not an informed group conscience. It becomes as Ian sees it. And as Ian sees it didn't help anyone. Uh, and that's, that's the thing to note is that like it's not um, what I want or any specific person in AA wants. It's what the group wants, assuming uh, that it is informed and that, and that the welfare of the group, based on the, the, the primary purpose, uh, is really like in the forefront of everyone's minds. Um, and this idea of leaders... You know, you hear people say it. There's no leaders in AA. Um, but this tradition, our ninth tradition, and our ninth concept, uh, the ninth concept, all it deals with is leadership. And, and Bill writes that leadership in AA is an ever-vital need. You know, and when I get wound up at the group conscience, I don't get wound up because I want it to be my, my own way. I want the meeting to be a certain way so when the new guy or the guy who's been sober for 20 years and wants to put a bullet in his head walks in our door, he's going to hear a message of hope. He's absolutely going to walk away with an undeniable message of hope that he's not going to be able to shake. You know, and if that, uh, if people don't like that, uh, that's fine. Um, but the leaders uh, in AA, and I know there's a couple of them in this room and there's a couple around Burlington, um, they lead with the idea of to serve. 
You know, not to get in charge, not to, like, walk around with a banner. In fact, when people say to me, oh, good job, you did great, I, I just, I can't even deal with it because it's not, uh, it's not anything I've done. It's that God has worked through me, and, um, and I have a primary purpose. You know, and it's a primary purpose to make sure that no one has to suffer from alcoholism. That no one ever has to go home and feel like they're alone and feel like that they can't count on anyone. Um, I really believe that we're here uh, to offer that message of hope, you know. Um, in, the, in the Grapevine article, uh, in that paragraph, the first paragraph, it says that um, he finds that a God of his understanding is not only the source of strength, he is also the source of positive direction. Um, and it goes on in the middle of that next paragraph. It says that daily experience informs and instructs this conscience. You know, and that goes back to the idea of like, if somebody's brand new and they come into the group conscience and they have a good idea, it doesn't mean that they can't share that. And it doesn't mean that they don't have a vote, because they absolutely do. Um, but their daily experience, they may not have any daily experience. You know, and just because it's a good idea doesn't necessarily mean that that's what AA does. You know, back to like Bill Wilson and wanting to start all these hospitals uh, and things. And like the first, I think the first group conscience, and I, I believe it talks about it in the 12 and 12, um, that Bill had this like great idea and he was going to get paid to counsel alcoholics and um, he was all excited and went to the group and uh, they're like, whoa, 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 what? You're going to do what? And you're going to get how much to do that? Don't you think that's a bad idea? And, and everyone started to talk and um, and he realized, you know, that, that he was off the page, you know, and that's back to this idea of like the group conscience and that was the first group conscience. Um And then back to my idea of leaders down in the bottom of that last paragraph, it says, we need not depend over much on inspired leaders. You know, and that's this idea of like, are we becoming God dependent? Or are we becoming sponsor dependent? Um, and meeting dependent. And if we're God dependent, um, things should work out. You know, this idea that AA has all these rules and regulations, bylaws, can't do this, can't do that, uh, in certain areas of the country, um, it's kind of uh, crazy to me. You know, like, the traditions are pretty clear and they give us the right to do anything we want. Um, that also gives us the right to hang ourselves, you know, and screw everything up. And all these traditions um, that Bill talks about and writes about is all based on... Um, you know, these groups called the Emanuel Movement, the Oxford Group, the Washingtonians, which were all these different movements. Uh, some had steps, some didn't. These ideas of, like, one alcoholic sharing with another, uh, they all fell apart because they got involved in, like, all other sorts of stuff. You know, back to their, their welfare, uh, their personal ambitions and desires got bright ideas. You know, and they never ran that by the group. They never had a vote. Uh, whether there was God dependency or not, I don't know. Um, but like the information is really out there and I shouldn't have to uh, I don't know it's my belief that like everyone really should find the information you know and look for it and question um, 
you know, I have, uh, on the spine of one of my, I think two of my big books, maybe it says bullshit sifter. And, um, I don't know. I have this inherent nature, uh, to question everything I ever hear in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and to determine like, A, is that my experience? B, does that ring true to my heart? Um, and C, does the literature have anything to do with that? You know, and I know it can be really difficult. Like I've been involved in the district for about four and a half years and, um, sometimes it feels like it's just a bunch of opinions not based in any truth. Um, I know like they, when we do the acts of recovery, uh, they won't support it um, because it's not AA. It has four AA meetings at it. Speakers talking about the 12 steps, God, sponsorship, all that good stuff. Um, district won't support it. But they will support the No Booze Cruise, which has no AA meeting. It's a big dance. It's a big party. You know? And, and I'm not saying that it's bad, and I'm not saying that the no booze cruise shouldn't happen. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I think it's great, and I, clearly there's a need for it. They sell out 300 tickets every year. There's clearly a need. Um, but really, Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, I mean, like a lot of people said it at the meeting tonight, like the fellowship carried me to a, a specific point, you know, but then I had to get into the 12 steps, you know, and there's that balance. You know, and I really believe like that actual recovery is a balance of the fellowship and a balance of the meeting. Uh, just like they don't support the young people's conventions, um, because they, it's all not AA. You know, technically AA has one event a year. Actually one event every five years. It just happened. It's the international convention. That's the only AA event. Um, and if we want to get really technical, that's all the only event that should ever get announced in a meeting. Um, yet some groups, because their group conscience says it's okay, they advertise yard sales, kittens for sale. Um, you know, they really, they do, you know. And, and that group, because the group conscience doesn't have a problem with that, that's okay. Um, I would have a problem with that, uh, you know. So um, I think that's where uh, we'll stop for tonight. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.